The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. There was a scholar of the law who stood up to test Jesus and said, Teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said to him, What is written in the law? How do you read it? He said in reply, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your being, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. He replied to him, You have answered correctly. Do this and you will live. But because he wished to justify himself, he said to Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Jesus replied, A man fell victim to robbers as he went down from Jericho to Jerusalem. As he went down from Jerusalem to Jericho. They stripped and beat him and went off, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down that road, but when he saw him, he passed by on the opposite side. Likewise, a Levite came to the place, and when he saw him, he passed by on the opposite side. But a Samaritan traveler who came upon him was moved with compassion at the sight. He approached the victim, poured oil and wine over his wounds, and bandaged them. Then he lifted him up on his own animal, took him to an inn, and cared for him. The next day, he took out two silver coins and gave them to the innkeeper with the instruction, take care of him. If you spend more than what I have given you, I shall repay you on my way back. Which of these three, in your opinion, was neighbor to the robber's victim? He answered, the one who treated him with mercy. Jesus said to him, go and do likewise. The Gospel of the Lord. Today, as we reflect again on the story of the Good Samaritan, it's fitting that all of us kind of reflect on who would we be in this story. As we hear the gospel proclaimed, who is it that we identify with? Because as Jesus relays this story to the scholar of the law who comes to him 
our Lord is trying to speak into this person's heart and call this person to a greater way of loving. Because as this scholar of the law goes to Jesus and says, what must I do to inherit eternal life? He already knows what he is meant to do. And he understands the law. He understands the rules or the guidelines that have been handed on to him by his ancestors. And yet this question is lingering in his heart. Who is my neighbor? Who is my neighbor? And if he is like any of us, he's hoping that Jesus will say, your neighbors are all the people that are just like you, that you enjoy their company. Yes. I can love those people like myself. And so in order to speak into his heart, Jesus tells this story. And though many of us would like to say, I would be the good Samaritan who stops. Many of us struggle with being the priest and the Levite. Who see this person on the side of the road who might be dead, might not be dead. So I'm going to walk down the other side of the road. And the priest and the Levite who walked on the other side of the road, we can't really blame them. Because why do they do that? They do that because if they come into contact with a dead body, they will not be able to worship at the temple. And so they're on their way to worship at the temple. And they see a dead body. And as they've been waiting for their turn to go worship at the temple, they see this dead body. Well, we need to avoid that dead body because... Otherwise, we won't be able to worship at the temple. So in order to remain faithful, I have to avoid coming into contact with a corpse. So that might be a corpse, might not be a corpse, but I don't want to risk defiling myself before going to worship. I don't want to risk entering into this person's suffering because it will somehow contaminate me. Now when we say it like that, it's something more of us can relate to. I don't want to enter into somebody's suffering because it might contaminate me. That is very common in our world in our world of individualism. I know of many couples who have come through crises in their marriages. There might have been affairs or there might have been addiction. There might have been you know, any number of things that came up in the course of their marriage. And I know these women who would go to their friends and tell them and try to share their suffering with them. 
I just was betrayed by this person that I love. And their friend's advice almost immediately is, you need to leave him, start over again, just kick him to the curb, be done with it, and move on. You need to remove that suffering from your life. Now when they give this advice, where is that coming from? Most often it's coming from the fear that that might happen to me. The fear that that might be happening to me. And so I want to like, get this out of my life because I'm afraid that might happen to me. And so you should divorce him and get him out of your life. Even when that couple decides to persevere in the healing process and allow our Lord to enter into their life to bring healing, oftentimes family and friends will say, I can't believe that you're still trying. I can't believe you're still putting yourself through that. You need to be done with it and move on. They're walking down this side of the road because they don't want to take on the pain of another person. And we can do the same thing with divorced people in the church. We can do the same thing. Hi, welcome to our parish. My name is Bob. I'm divorced. Oh. Uh, okay. It can make us uncomfortable. It can make us uncomfortable. And that uncomfortable makes other people uncomfortable. Whenever I'm working with divorced people in our divorce ministry, they have this universal experience of, I feel like when I go to Mass, I have this big like sign on my forehead that says divorced, and everybody avoids me. Now that's probably not actually happening, but it's how they're feeling when they walk into the church. And nobody should feel that way when they come into the church. Nobody should feel that way. But when was the last time you invited like your friend who's divorced to come to your house for dinner and shared your lives with each other? Well, they're different. Like We want to have the same things to talk about. We might make them feel uncomfortable when we talk about our kids or our marriage. Well, maybe. But you could also ask that person, like, how are you doing? What are you doing to t with your time? How are you doing with your children? We all have lives. And sometimes there's a reluctancy to enter into each other's lives because we're afraid of the pain and we walked on the other side. Or people who have fallen away from the church or family members who have fallen away from the church. And sometimes we avoid them. We just walk down the other side of the street. We don't share our Christian lives with them out of fear of making them feel uncomfortable. Or we don't share our Christian lives with them because they will attack us if we do so. And so we end up just kind of ignoring people. 
And when we're ignoring them, we're not loving our neighbor as ourselves. And sometimes we just send them a lot of books. Father, I had this daughter, granddaughter, son, cousin, whoever. They're away from the church. They got married outside the church. So I'm sending them all these books. Are there any books I can send them? We load them down with Matthew Kelly books or something. And those books are good tools when they take when they're given in the context of a relationship and an ongoing conversation. They're not good tools to substitute for a relationship. Sometimes we use those kind of books and lighthouse CDs. Instead of using them as tools to evangelize, we use them as tools to avoid talking to somebody. Because your family members who are away from the church, they don't care why Matthew Kelly's Catholic. They care why you're Catholic. They want to hear your story. They want to know what our Lord is doing in your life. And so in all of these ways, we can be like that priest, that Levite, who are avoiding that hurting person. And the path to healing that for us is in letting ourselves be the Samaritan. The path to healing for us is that we allow ourselves to be the one that is picked up by our Lord. When we come to know the intimate love of our Lord for us, that in the midst of our pain or our suffering, that we know the healing power of Christ as he enters into our lives, as he transforms our hearts. And when he transforms our hearts, then we're able to enter into the lives of others without fear of being contaminated by them. When we're secure in our relationship with our Lord, it's then that friendships blossom. And we come to be compassionate as he is compassionate. I have an amazing friend who's a Lutheran pastor in town. And he's a therapist, and sometimes I refer people to him. And whenever we get together, we always get into fights about, like, the Pope or Mary or something like that. We'll get into, like, these really heated debates. And I was with him and his wife the other night, and his wife was getting all nervous because we were kind of going at it. But the whole reason we can do that is because we both know who we are in Jesus. And then we're able to enter into each other's lives and each other's experience. It's then that community is built when we're not afraid anymore of talking to somebody who's different than us. When I was in college, I had this experience as well where I was, you know, this Catholic white kid from Michigan, small town, went to military academy at West Point. And I had two roommates. One was Fred Maddox, who's a black guy from Atlanta. And one was Jimmy Lee, who was a Korean guy from New York. And so I moved into the room with those two guys. And it was super awkward for a really long time. And I remember one day I just said to Fred, I was like, what's it like being a black guy here anyways? Father, you can't say that. 
can't say that. That's how I started this conversation, and then we had this amazing talk. He thought all white people grew up in perfect Brady Bunch families, or leave it to Beaver families, and didn't have any problems. And then he heard about my family, and he was like, whoa, that theory is blown away. And then I grew to admire him very much because he took his monthly check every month and he sent it home to his mom, every month. And he sent it home. And I was like, wow, that guy cares about his mom. And I admired him. And we became really good friends because we were willing to enter into each other's lives. And we didn't have anything getting in the way. If we're going to be a community that loves as Christ loves, then we have to be willing to enter into the lives of people who are different than us. Whether that means in the church that we enter into the life of somebody who is in an irregular marriage or divorced, or it means that we are able to enter into the pain that somebody is going through that's going through a really difficult time. Or in our greater community that we're able to dialogue with people that are different from us, that think differently than us. And we're not afraid of witnessing to everything that Jesus has done in our lives. It's then that we love our neighbor as ourselves. And our neighbor is anyone who is in need of our Lord's mercy, of our Lord's love, of our Lord's salvation. And so today let us pray that as Jesus enters into our lives today, as we receive him in the Eucharist, as that same Jesus touches us, that he will bring healing to whatever needs healing in our own hearts. And that we in turn will be fearless in witnessing to Christ's mercy in our families, in our church, and in the greater community.